Welcome to the Viral Solutions Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about data-driven marketing for rapid business growth and what the best practices are for serious marketers. This is the final episode in our data-driven marketing series. Throughout this series, we've talked about what data-driven marketing is, how data can help you increase your bottom line, a step-by-step process to getting started with data-driven marketing, and proven profit-boosting personalization marketing strategies you can employ with data. If you haven't listened to any of those episodes on this topic yet, just search for part one, what is data-driven marketing, Part two, the step-by-step process model. Part three, the quick start guide to launching profit-boosting personalization. In this, our final and our fourth and final episode, you will find a best practices checklist to help you navigate this process and avoid some common stumbling blocks. So let's get started. Number one, listen to all the data, even the bad stuff. I'm sure you've been in a conversation with a selective listener. They listen to what they want and then lose interest at the exact moment your story is about to get good. This is what marketers do with their data. They welcome the good data, but once the bad data shows up, their selective listening ears perk up and they find things they would rather disregard than dig in deeper. Building a successful data-driven marketing strategy requires a review of all the data, not just the kind that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy. Adjusting to the bad news is just as important as celebrating the good news. Mistakes in testing are inevitable, but making the mistake of neglecting bad data could cost you all data, good and not so good, rewards you with the opportunity to learn more about your customers, their preferences, and what makes them tick. Poor performing tests, yeah, they might sting. And they might bring you one step closer to knowing what your customer really wants or doesn't want. Using all of your observations to influence your marketing decisions is key to achieving success. Number two, don't rely on your own assumptions. So many marketers fall into the trap of relying on past assumptions when using data to inform their campaigns. Sometimes they aren't even aware they are doing it. Even worse, they move forward with assumptions without testing them first. 
Here's an example. Your competitor boasts 4% opt-in rates, or you read somewhere that 4% is an industry standard. So you perform some tests and want to achieve 4% conversions, you assume you've arrived, and then you stop testing. Don't do this. A few small tweaks could improve your conversions even more. Who wants to just be average? And if you, your website traffic is significant, this could equate to huge gains. Split test all of your assumptions before you make any of them your marketing Bible. Better yet, throw out the idea that you will ever arrive. The market is always changing and people's tastes and interests go right along with it. How do you avoid falling into assumptions traps? Keep asking why over and over and over and over again. Be like a strong-willed toddler who wants to know why he can't move a bucket of candy before dinner. What does this look like in an actual marketing campaign? Well, let's say that after analyzing some good data, you discovered that your website visitors were exiting your page before scrolling down to read your blog content or to find the call to action. You decide to test the addition of a table of contents to see if that increases their time on page. Or you add a video. Or you move the CTA button. That's a good plan. And one you may want to test. But if you don't ask yourself why, you may miss out on discovering the real issue. Why do you think your visitors are trailing off the page? Here's some potential answers to keep the investigative process going. My content isn't interesting. Keep going. Another why. Because they are not getting a solution to their problem. All right, one more time. Why? The referring traffic source led them to believe the content would be different than it is. Or that the content you are writing does not line up with the reader's interests. Going through a simple why scenario like that, you now have several deeper answers to what the problem could be. And instead of just adding a table of contents to the blog, you can also do things like send out a survey or hold a focus group to find out your customers' needs. You could monitor social conversations and competitors' sites to get a better idea of what content your audience is digesting. You could check with the referring sources of traffic to see if there are any trends, especially if the traffic is coming from PPC. Review the ad copy 
review the image used. Maybe there's a disconnect in messaging between the ad and the, and the page they land on. Now, re-review your data, revisit your buyer persona, review your content, and assure it lines up with your buyer's persona. And just keep doing that. Asking more questions, you will come up with more ideas to test, which will lead to more positive outcomes. Don't shoot for being average. Number three, Stay updated with industry changes that could impact your campaigns. So years ago, when the first four or five organic Google search results were visible above the fold, which is what users see without scrolling down, and the ads were on the right side of the page on desktop. You remember that? Well, ever since, Google has been slowly pushing organic results further down the page. Then, when Google did away with right-side ads, it pushed the organic results down even further. If you try to test this on a full screen, you'll typically find one or two organic results visible. Several years ago, there were three to five. If, prior to this change, you relied on your above-the-fold organic visibility to funnel most of your traffic, and you didn't adjust to the changes, your business would be in trouble right now. The point is to stay updated with changes that could affect your marketing campaigns because these changes will affect your data. If you work with good marketing agencies, they will keep you appraised of industry changes that could affect your campaigns. But if you work solo, bookmark some industry leader sites or plan on attending a lot of webinars and seminars to get it all straight. Number four. Stop digging the madness. In this series, we have been stressing the importance of data and how to use it to inform your marketing decisions. Well, as much as we love data around here, we don't love chaos. There is a point when too much of a good thing is, well, um, too much of a good thing. And this can happen with too much data. With so much data coming at you from all directions, you may get confused about where to start, which data to focus on, and which data will produce the best returns. One way to eliminate some chaos is to stay focused on your goals so you only work with the relevant data that feeds your KPIs. Remember in part two of this series, we talked about setting goals for your campaigns. The reason we told you to do this is so that you don't get sidetracked, overwhelmed, or you don't get the real results you deserve. 
because you dug in the wrong place. When sifting through data, ask yourself if using it will directly affect the goals you set for the interim. If not, disregard it. Number five, integrate your data. Your data is likely sitting in silos across multiple platforms. You may have internal and first-party data, such as your website and analytics and third-party data on conversions and social engagement. But this decentralized setup prevents you from fully optimizing your customers' experiences. It's ideal to integrate your data so you can collect it from your customer's touch point with your brand and analyze it in one centralized location to create a single customer view. When you have a single customer view, it simply means that you understand individual customers' needs, interests, behaviors, and you can review all of this aggregated data in one place. Data integration is a pain point for many organizations, big and small, because it can get quite complex and requires the work of data professionals or full stream platform specialists. If you have any questions about data integration, just reach out to us at viralsolutions.net. Number six, you are marketing to people, not to credit cards. Behind the conversions, the stats, the numbers, there are real people who simply want solutions to make their lives better. Don't get so caught up in the data that you forget you are marketing to humans. Every piece of data is there to help you humanize your brand by improving the experience your prospects and customers have with your company. Data-driven marketing efforts mean nothing if your focus is more on the data than what the data is there for, connecting with the people you serve. Well, that concludes our series on data-driven marketing. If you haven't read or listened to the previous episodes in this series, remember, they're part one, what's data-driven marketing, part two, the step-by-step -step process model, and step three, personalization and marketing strategies. Thanks for listening to the Viral Solutions Podcast. At Viral Solutions, we're committed to seeing you succeed. It's our goal to double your business with proven marketing strategies that will help your business for the long haul.